Hello and welcome back to the Atlassian Ecosystem Podcast. This is episode 148, a frightful amount of updates. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> because if we were the count, we would lose count, if you understand my meaning. And who's we, you may ask? Well, I'm your host, Ryan Spilken, and joining me as co-host, as always, is the spooktacular Brenda Burrow. Brenda, hello. Hello, how are you? Oh, very spooky I am. Actually, I'm just afraid of the sheer amount and quantity of updates that Atlassian has done since our last episode last month. Oh my goodness, they're the busiest beavers. We were somewhat taken aback by the sheer quantity and quality, yes, quantity of updates that that we have collated here for you, dear listener, for today's episode. So we're not going to actually review every single one because, look, we only that have would so take many hours. Forever. Yeah, there's only so many hours in a day, really. So what we're going to try and do is hit the ones that we think will impact you as an admin or a user the most, and then include links to all of these in our show notes. So that being said, time's a-wasting, and we're getting a-chasing from the goblins and the ghosts and the horrors and haints. Let's dive right in to the Atlassian cloud updates from September 10th all the way to today, Tuesday, October 18th, when we are recording this episode. We're going to begin with Compass. If you are a Compass user, you can now use custom fields as scorecard criteria. So these custom fields will allow you to set policy on things you deem valuable. Atlassian's example is use a language custom field to set a policy that all services must include programming language information in their components details. The other feature that was rolled out for Compass is getting incidents and on-call information from Ops Genie and PagerDuty because you really need more alerts on your personal devices. I think the, all those red circles, you just don't have enough. With the new Ops Genie and PagerDuty apps for Compass, you can see your incident events side-by-side -side with other events on the activity feed, determine who's on call for a given component, and then... Uh, Take a look at some powerful metrics with no configuration. If you're a Compass user, this sounds great. As we haunt our way over to Confluence. Ooh, so many updates in Confluence. One that I think will impact quite a few people is you can now turn your table data into charts. This allows you to create a table and then quickly turn that into a bar, line, or pie chart. I'm hoping the pie is pumpkin pie, mm. just given the season. It has to be. And once the chart's been created, it stays connected to the table so that if you change the data in the table, the chart will change too. That's pretty spiff. So yes, pumpkin pie for everyone, charts from tables for everyone. Enjoy that update. One that as I'm reading through this feels a little confusing actually, you can start editing where you are on a page. So one of the things that can be very irritating is you're, you're reading through a page and you go to edit it and it takes you to the top of the page. There will be an update allowing you to jump into editing anywhere on the page using a shortcut key or the edit icon. Wherever your cursor is focused when you're editing stays where you were when viewing. So if you go to a page you want to modify, scroll to where you want to make the changes, it'll pick up your cursor location and jump you to editing there. That will be a jarring change. Mm. It will certainly be a jarring change for me. So I wanted to make sure everybody was aware that that functionality is going to be different when this update rolls out. Brenda, you think you will enjoy that once it's out? Because it sounds I will. to me. Yeah, I will. Used to it, though. My intense aversion to change means that the first <laughs> several times it happens, I'll be like, 
where am I? <laughs> what, what, is, what, is, what is happening? Where am Who are I? you? Uh, so it will take some getting used to. Who am I? What year is it? Yes. The usual. Another update. You can now view and manage notifications from a single page. So seeing all the notifications for that page. Pasting URLs as plain text in the editor. There have been times where you, you just don't want your URL to automatically be a smart link. So you can now use command or control plus shift plus V. So when you paste your content, that will remove those smart links. So you can still use it, just copy and paste to get your smart link. If you do this command or control shift V and you get a not smart link, you can command or control Z to change it back to its original URL. Nice. You'll be able to find your drafts where you created them. When you create a page or blog post and don't publish it right away, it goes into your drafts. Finding drafts has previously been challenging when working in a space. So those will now show up in the blogs and pages section on the space sidebar. Yeah. Some better interactions for space shortcuts. So those are curated links always visible on the sidebar navigation. There's been improvements made to the experience there where you will see new and existing shortcuts showing the icon identifying the kind of content they lead to. I think that's a nice little update. The most important one, perhaps, and y'all should see Ryan's face right now, express yourself with reactions. Yeah. The update we have been waiting for. Woo. Oh, my whole life. Reactions are an interactive, lightweight way to express yourself. Instead of only having like or comment, you and your teammates can choose from dozens of emoji reactions, including custom ones. So break out the party parrots. Oh, man. Can you add custom emojis? Nothing on that yet, but we'll see. Really? Yeah. It says including custom ones. I would read that as you can include oh, your oh. own custom emoji. Well, it doesn't you know, say how. That means Stay you, tuned. <laughs> that means reading is involved. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, gosh. We don't want to read. You can navigate between separate sections of a presentation. So you can quickly navigate through different sections of a page when you're doing a presenter mode, revisiting a specific topic or skipping anything that's not on the agenda without having to scroll. So there's a presenter mode toolbar. You'll just select jump to a section and select the section you want to highlight. And then also the smart links toolbar will be updated. It has been replaced with a new toolbar, making it easier to switch between different link types, such as URL, inline card, or embed. Whew. Lots of updates for Confluence Cloud. Wow. Yeah. And of That's course you'll find all and of good them. stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. You'll find all of those in our show notes. Over in Jira service management, a ton of new updates as well. Some that I think will be very useful. Suggested knowledge-based articles on the portal will now show snippets. So when your customers go to ask you a question, maybe they'll see the answer before they even get to plug that ticket in. It does say that the articles are determined by AI. So you do have to worry about Jira Service Management Cloud coming to life and all that Skynet stuff. But now there's a horror story for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, the idea that AI is real. JQL searches have been improved to take excluded approvers into account when searching for issues by username or email and using the JQL function approver, my pending approval, my pending, my approval, or pending by. Search results will now exclude issues where the user is an excluded approver. The boffins at Atlassian have also implemented performance improvements for loading queues. I think that is does what it says on the tin. Your queues yep. will load faster. What's not to love? 
There is also a new editor in customer notification templates to where you can now make your uh, customer notification emails look a little nicer with a cleaner look, markdown support, and industry standard keyboard shortcuts. All right. You're also able to hide email signatures from the issue view and portals. And that's it for Jira service management, but Jira software is just chock full of them, Brenda. <laughs> so it's like we're in the pumpkin patch. I have so many to choose from. Behold. Behold the pumpkin patch. Company managed projects now have an updated navigation order for notifications and automation. So just be aware in the left side navigation of your project, notifications and automation are now closer to the top so they're easier to find. This is part of a broader change to prioritize settings that will impact the entire project. Roadmaps will allow you to save drafts of your issues for later use. So when you're using the inline issue creation function on your roadmap, incomplete issues will be saved as drafts. If you click out of the issue creation box, what you type there will be held as a draft. Mm. That's a good thing for me, for sure. Constantly losing, losing stuff. So good to have things as drafts. In Jira roadmaps, the epic status field will be deprecated. Atlassian has been working to redesign hierarchical structures within Jira software. One large focus has been deprecating and replacing the EPIC status field. There is a post on the Atlassian community that we'll link to in the show notes. This one I think is fairly major. If you're using roadmaps, go take a look at that. Automation templates to help you streamline release-related tasks. We've talked about this on the podcast before. There are going to be some new templates released. You will have help integrating deployments to Jira with a new step-by-step guide. So if you're using deployments in Jira but haven't finished setting up your team CI CD integration, you'll go to the deployments page for a step-by-step guide to connect your tools, link your issues to development work, and send deployment information from your tools to Jira. If you are not linking your CI CD tools to Jira, we highly recommend it. You should be. Child-level issue planning available for Kanban teams and roadmaps. This one's fresh out of beta. When planning work for a team that operates on Kanban methodology, you will be able to see schedule bars for child issues and adjust their dates. So it makes planning a little bit easier. Nice. Full screen mode for Jira roadmap. A wise person once said, go big or go home. You can now toggle a full screen mode of your Jira roadmap. Huzzah. Huzzah. You can now install development apps from the marketplace without leaving Jira. This is obviously going to be impacting admins who are installing marketplace apps. So you would now be able to install marketplace apps directly from the code page and the deployments page if you're using those features. Here's a big one, moving data between sites with cloud to cloud migration. They've talked about this for a while. Been talked about, yeah. It's rolling out this week. So cloud to cloud migration to make it easier for you to move users and projects from one cloud site to another. Can integrate feature flags with your Jira issues via the releases hub allowing you to monitor the rollout of changes in your project. In roadmaps, you can select and reschedule multiple issues at once. This is a ease of use feature that I think a lot of people are going to like. You want to make big changes, you can select multiple issues at once and reschedule them in one clean motion. Inline editing will now be available on the version details page. Rather than having to go back to the main releases hub to edit a version, you can just edit it in place. It saves you some time. And last but certainly not least, the finest pumpkin in the pumpkin patch, perhaps filter by component in your roadmap view. Ooh. Huzzah. What a terrifying bounty of improvements. And that is just the tip of the gigantic and awesome iceberg. When it comes to the entire Jira platform on cloud, there's also a massive field from which to harvest updates. We'll begin with Platform-wide automation tools, you're now able to secure headers for outgoing web requests. 
You can now hide header values that are sent in outgoing web requests in Jira automation. To do this, select the hidden checkbox when configuring the send web request action. Search results throughout the Jira platform have gotten faster. Atlassian will now display issues that were created in the last 30 days when you select search in the navigation bar, advanced issue search, or you go to all issues. You can change that search criteria to find things that were created earlier if you need to, but this is going to get you started searching fast. For site to import and migration, several changes have been made, including a new drop-down menu to select the migration stage you're in and a new import progress tracking tool as well. Something that might impact you if you're an admin of a cloud instance that utilizes Insight for, for tracking objects, Atlassian now allows all licensed users to view and edit the contents of an Insight custom field. They've simplified the permissions for the Insight custom field so that you can leverage it across software, service management, and work management, and your portals. Portal users already have temporary object schema user roles, so they can view and select objects in the Insight custom field when they appear in the portal. But now, Jira users will also have temporary object schema user roles that allow them to view and edit the contents of an Insight custom field within issues where they already have existing edit permissions. These roles do not count towards the total number of users in your license. There is now the ability to export form data from search results, which is fantastic for people who really love Excel and they exist. You're probably amongst them. Not you, Brenda. I mean, you, the listener. You're now down. And you, Brenda, I know you also like spreadsheets. I do. <laughs> Smidge. How scary. <laughs> Terrifying. You can download an XLSX file that includes all of the responses from a selected search. Team managed projects are now getting access to workflow properties. I, I, well, really? You can now use workflow properties to restrict statuses and transitions in team managed projects. They're like mutating a generation of JIRA administrators here. If you're familiar with company managed projects, these new properties work the same way. Try it out. Go to a team-managed workflow, select a status or transition, and select properties in the sidebar. It's like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles origin story, right? They just poured mutagen on everything. Ooze. Ooze. There's a bunch of new keyboard shortcuts as well. This affects everybody. This is in the issue view of all the Jira tools on cloud. You can open an issue and then select D to update the issue status, Q to log work, because W is somehow not work, S to share, or the left, right, up and down arrow keys to allow you to scroll around the open issues. There have also been improvements to dashboards where now dashboards will automatically refresh to keep their data current. And an addition I think everybody is going to enjoy, you're able now to search for an exact phrase with JQL. Ah. Right? This is something when I learned how to do this in server, it made my life a whole lot easier because I could remember a phrase or something that was in a ticket, but I couldn't remember anything else about it. So now advanced search with JQL is being updated to provide more accurate results. So if you enter summary tilde, which is the which is not the name of my cat, but a name of the little symbol, and then in quotes, put the text that you want. In the JQL query, the search results will not only include issues where the summary contains the exact phrase, but wherever that phrase is in the issue. So nice. So if you have saved filters using phrases, be aware that this change rolling out may change some of your saved filters. 
And finally, in the workflow section of Jira Cloud Editors, the rules are being categorized into three types. To add clarity on when and how workflow rules are executed, Atlassian has grouped them into three varieties, restrict transition, validate details, and perform actions. When you add or view rules on transitions, you'll now see them sorted into those types, which is a nice visual touch for conditions, validators, and post functions. Wrapping up the cloud updates like a scary, scary mummy, we'll put the finishing touches on those wrappings with an Atlassian cloud platform update where you can now find your organization more quickly from admin.atlassian.com. So the landing page will no longer list all the products associated with an organization. You'll see only a list of the organizations you administer. From there, you can then select an organization to see all the products associated with it. That I think will be a nice change. Yeah. It's very confusing right now to go out there and just see this massive list. And so, yeah, really good touch. That's going to make a lot of admins life easier. Brenda, you've heard of Elf on the Shelf, right? Yes, I have. What about a skeleton on a Peloton? I saw that on social Twitter. media com. the other day and I thought I was going to die. It, <laughs> chef's kiss. Exactly. Mwah. <laughs> And it was a like glow in the dark skeleton too, which I love glow in the dark stuff. So it's just the icing on the cake. Whoever whoever did that, I love you. <laughs> so if you happen to know skeleton on a peloton, please uh, send them our way. Yes, reach out. <laughs> Find us on social at Adaptivist. <laughs> That's like you know, Brenda. Those cloud updates were like the Home Depot twelve foot home home decoration skeleton of updates. Yes. Yes, they were. Really lots of fantastic and should be celebrated year round. Absolutely. Over in spooky, scary server town <laughs> or ominous on premise. <laughs> Bill. We can begin with Jira Software 9.3.x. This rolled out on the 29th of September in 2022. Most of it is going to be an admin-focused update where Atlassian has included a multi-threaded index catch-up. They've implemented new database connectivity metrics for in-product diagnostics, and last but not least, have fixed the activity tabs failures. So this is all admin-focused background stuff that's going to help Jira software run smoother on your server or data center instance. Hopefully by now you have made a decision on whether or not you're going to keep server or move over to data center. We'd love to know what your choice was. In Jira service management, 5.3 released also September 29th, 2022. Quite a few updates here, including column sorting on the help center. I'm a huge fan of column sorting. If you have columns, they should be sortable. Period. A login-free customer portal. So this was previously limited to users logged in. With the introduction of this login-free portal, all of your customers, even those with no account, can now access your customer portal. This makes the knowledge base that you have more accessible, enables self-service as the first step in the help seekers workflow. There is a link in the release notes here to learn more about the login-free portal. There are always going to be some considerations before you implement something like this. So highly recommend, click through, take a look at the information about being able to have a portal where you don't have to have a login to begin your interactions. 
the name of the asset management tool in JIRA service management is being changed from insight to assets. This will take me a while to get used to just because it's very fundamentally deeply ingrained in me that it's called insight. Functionality remains the same, but it will be rebranded. Again, there's a link to learn more about what's changing if this impacts you. Also within the new assets update, improved accessibility and user interface, being able to batch assets database queries, which will save your history data, delete operations being batched up instead of done one by one for attribute values and inserting and updating operations can be batched up to avoid executing one query for every attribute change. So this is a, a performance speed up right there. New database connectivity metrics are going to be available through JMX in the log file. This is one more for the admins. You'll be able to identify what in your environment or infrastructure might cause performance issues if you're seeing those. As always, early detection of a problem means you can fix it more quickly. So some tools for that. Lots of bug fixes, many bug fixes, 70 bug fixes. So a solid update to JIRA service management if you are looking to update, highly recommend you read through the release notes, which we will link to in the show notes. I think the Confluence team was considering dressing up as characters from Tron for their Halloween, because in the Confluence 7.20 release notes, they are fighting for the user. All right. There are user-facing features in a on-premise product from Atlassian. Congratulations. The first one is for an accessibility feature, but is also going to make a lot of just anyone's life easier because now you can edit and browse with greater accessibility. Jump ahead on your Confluence page with the, the new skip links feature. So instead of having to tab your way through a long list of navigation links, Atlassian has enabled skip to search, skip to main content, skip to edit title, login, and more skip link shortcuts across their pages and in the editor. It's one of the many ways that Atlassian is striving to make Confluence more accessible for everyone. You know that I love a keyboard shortcut. Open up the keyboard shortcuts menu in Confluence 7.20 to learn how to activate skip links. Also in a user-centric mood is adding advanced roadmaps in JIRA to Confluence. If you're an advanced roadmaps user in JIRA, embed those bad boys on a Confluence page using the advanced roadmaps for JIRA in Confluence macro. That's a mouthful. You're able to create richer project reports to engage stakeholders, give other teams an up-to-date look at your progress, and just reap all the benefits that come from building in the open with that feature. Finally, for the user side of the Confluence 7.20 update, Dark Theme is now available in the Confluence iOS mobile app. This allows you to view your Confluence content in iOS in the lovely dark mode as nature intended. This being said, until I can add an inline comment on an iOS device, I'm, I'm holding off. All right. For the admins, Atlassian has got a whole lot of tricks and no treats in Confluence 7.20, where you can create feedback reports to troubleshoot content problems. While investigating a number of content duplication bugs, Atlassian created a feedback tool to help their support team analyze collaborative editing problems. So this means more accurate diagnosis and efficient resolution of content problems for the team. Yeah! It's now bundled with Confluence, so it can be used for any future investigations. Nice. Also, Atlassian has given you more power to troubleshoot even more effectively with diagnostic tools, including the Java Flight Recorder, passing JVM arguments to Synchrony to help you track and diagnose issues, and you can enable 
email debugging logs as an additional diagnostic tool to help with troubleshooting. Atlassian also advises that everyone plan ahead for the Confluence 8.0 platform release. Ooh, it's a platform release. It will include breaking changes as we remove deprecated code. And so get ready. Uh, that's going to, you'll find a link to that information in the update page on our show notes. And finally, a name I haven't heard in a long time, HipChat. Atlassian includes a friendly reminder to migrate your HipChat emojis to Confluence Data Center because they'll be removing the deprecated HipChat plugin in Confluence 8. Oh, HipChat, rest in peace. We barely knew ye. <laughs> Poor Yorick. I knew him well. <laughs> the Atlassian Bitbucket team is gearing up for trick-or-treating season and for admins, they are stocking their buckets with full-size Snickers bars. Admins, you're going to love Bitbucket Data Center and Server 8.5 released October 11th, 2022. Not many updates, but nice ones. Redesigned permission pages so you can easily manage user permissions and additional configuration options to fine-tune secret scanning. We've talked about secret scanning on this podcast previously, introduced in version 8.3. This is now getting an upgrade. Rules can be made more granular and configured for projects and repos. Admins can now configure scanning rules at each corresponding level, allowing you to tune your scanning needs. You can also exclude repos from scanning at both the global and project level. You can also add an allow list in the project and repo level to allow specific patterns matches and reduce your false positives, giving you more control and discovering exposed secrets within your code base. So really nice upgrade there. Secrets. Secrets, secrets, secrets. Uh, some bug fixes also. So if you are administering a Bitbucket on-prem instance, take a look at 8.5. We will link you the release notes in the show notes. What's a Halloween episode without a spooky surprise? And this episode's spooky surprise is a guest from our esteemed partners, Easy Agile. Brenda and I got to speak with Tennille Hoppo about an update to one of their products. It is our extreme pleasure to welcome to the Atlassian Ecosystem Podcast, first-time guest, Tennille Hoppo, Product Marketing Manager of Team Rhythm for our partners and friends over at Easy Agile. Tennille, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. Welcome, welcome. So Team Rhythm wasn't always Team Rhythm, was it? Where did Team Rhythm start life? We launched Easy Agile User Story Maps in 2016 as a, a story mapping solution. And that's really where Team Rhythm began. So we launched Easy Agile User Story Maps as a, a story mapping solution. It's a single point solution. Perfect thing for user story mapping, which is fantastic. One of the benefits of user story mapping is that it has this fantastic visual aspect where teams can see how their work is lined up across the board. And you can see all of your issues listed underneath. And that's a fantastic visual way for teams to be able to see how what they're working on now ladders up to a bigger picture. But one of the advantages of that is that it provides that context that helps teams plan their work, understand how the part that they're working on now makes sense within the product strategy. So it wasn't long after we launched the user story mapping tool that people started telling us that they were using user story maps for things like sprint planning, for managing their backlog. Uh, so it was very quickly apparent to us that 
people were using a user story mapping tool for processes and for agile ceremonies that they were conducting you know, far more regularly than a user story mapping process or ceremony. At Easy Agile, we, we really try to keep our users at the heart of all our, of our decision making. We try to talk to our users as much as possible. So early this year, we ran some surveys. We were looking at reviewing our website and we we're asking our users and our customers what they were using our apps for. And two of the clearest messages that we got was that they were using user story maps to manage their backlog and to plan their sprints or releases. So that was a really clear message to us that even though we have this single point solution tool called user story maps available on marketplace, people were using user story maps for way more than that. Tanil, as you've been speaking, it's it's clear that you've identified that the branding of the product didn't quite match the target audience. What brought you to the decision to change the name of the product? You're absolutely right. There is kind of two parts. There's the, the product strategy part and then there's the branding part as well. More on the, the product strategy side is when the, the product team sat down to, to decide, you know, what the product was for, who we were helping support. And that is that we wanted to help teams be agile. The thing that was missing from user story maps that we thought would best help teams be agile was that retrospective component. Retros are so important to help teams understand how they work together, how they can work better together. And that's what led us to the decision to incorporate a retrospective functionality into user story maps. And that confirmed the need to rebrand user story maps because it clearly wouldn't give the full picture. We knew that team needed to be in there. This app is for agile teams. So team was always going to be in there. But we just done our wash up from team 22. We did a bit of research and, and realized it was going to be reasonably hard to get cut through with a simple name like team with something that is, that's commonly used. So I ran some positioning workshops for the new product. We had a new product strategy. So we, knew, we decided the best way forward would be to run some positioning workshops to really understand who the app was for. So we got to the point with, with trying to find a name for our new product. I had a, a huge mind map with, with team in the center and we had words, we had Kaizen, we had Flow, we had Agile, of course, was in there as well. Easy Agile is in our name. That was always going to be included in the app. In the <laughs> Easy name Agile, yeah. Team Agile. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess a little bit. doesn't really roll off the tongue, no. And and we decided the Easy Agile team was, wasn't quite unique enough. So we, we had this amazing mind map and then we were talking in one of these workshops and our co-CEO, Dave Elkin, was talking about how it was really important to help teams find their Agile rhythm and rhythm stood out. That's how we came to Easy Agile Team Rhythm. The idea behind the tool is to help teams find their Agile rhythm um, and work best together. So tell us about the user experience. What is a project manager, product manager, whoever is using this? Because clearly you struck a nerve where people got into the product and started using it for things it wasn't intended for, which is great. Yes, I love that. But tell our listeners what they're going to find when they access Team Rhythm. So the idea behind Team Rhythm is to help an agile software development team through as much of the agile cycle as possible. Starting out with planning, it's a fantastic tool for user story mapping if that's what the team aims to do. And user story mapping is a fantastic process to keep your users front and center. But that visual picture, that story map format is a fantastic opportunity for teams to see that context of their work. So it makes sense that it lends itself very easily to 
with backlog management and to sprint planning as well. Sprint planning is something that we're looking to focus on a little bit more this quarter as well to develop out those features that help teams plan their sprints. What we've introduced in Easy Agile Team Rhythm is the retrospective functionality. So teams can add retrospective items right from the story map. So where they're working and keeping an eye on their work from day to day, they can add a retrospective item and then they can click through to the retrospective board and use that retro board to run their team retrospective. And from that, they'll really get to understand, you know, how they've worked best together, maybe what didn't go so well and what they can do better next time. Is this interacting with Jira data? This is all integrated with Jira. The user story map pulls in data directly from Jira. We don't save Jira data in our own databases. It's all directly from Jira. So the integration is very tight and makes things simple. There's no replication of work. The changes that you make in Team Rhythm are going to impact the stories that the people are seeing. To the Jira data, yes, absolutely. Awesome. The retrospective data is, is separate. Jira doesn't maintain retrospective data, but yeah. Nice. So, Sunil, this is a really great place for your product to be right now. What can we look forward to in the future of Team Rhythm? So we're looking to continue to develop the retrospective functionality that we launched in July this year. In July, we launched an MVP. We've had some fantastic feedback from our users, which has been really valuable, and we've continued to build on that. We were able to launch live updates in the retrospective functionality just a few weeks ago, and we're hoping to be able to release some retrospective templates in the retro function very soon. We're also looking to further develop the features that will help teams plan their sprints on the user story map as well. So looking to support teams through as much of that agile cycle as we possibly can. And in the future, we're looking to support the daily scrum or the daily stand-up as well. There are features that already do that, but just building out those, that extra level of functionality that will help teams do that work. Fantastic. Tanil Hoppo of Easy Agile, thank you so much for joining us today on the Atlassian Ecosystem Podcast. Thanks for having me. And that's it for this edition of the Atlassian Ecosystem Podcast. We hope none of you have nightmares and or unpleasant thoughts because of all of the frightening content that we have put your way today. It was a real monster mash of updates, wasn't it? <laughs> a graveyard smash. Thank you so much for listening. We really, truly appreciate you. If you could take a moment to rate our podcast or comment on it, wherever fine podcasts are rated or commented on, we would sure appreciate it. We'd love it if you connected with us on social media at Adaptivist and stay safe and warm out there this Halloween, everybody. Hope you don't eat too much candy or candy apples or, or anything like that. And, you know, don't rot your teeth. Ryan, are you dressing up for Halloween? No, I never no. do. What are you? Are you no. you're, you're dressing up though, Brenda. I am. What is your costume? I am. I will be Nadia from the show, What We Do in the Shadows. And oh. I finished the sewing this week. So the costume is done. I tried it on with the wig and the fangs and everything, and I am chuffed to bits. Halloween this year is going to be off the chain. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, if you are in Brenda's neighborhood, watch out for Nadia. And if you're in my neighborhood, just give me three Musketeers bars. <laughs> so for Brenda Burrell, I'm Ryan Spilkin, and we'll catch you next time on the Atlassian Ecosystem Podcast. You remember that thing I said about somebody messing up? It's going to be me. <laughs> and there it was. <laughs>